I'm Kate Wheeler here with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you, as always, by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money? That's wealth esteem. On the show today, we're kicking things off speaking with a woman who left her corporate career to pursue her dream in fashion design. And after a lot of hard work and years in New York City without her family, Fotini Copeland built her fashion brand Fotini in 2010, and it made its debut, Christine, at New York Fashion Week, where it was even worn by Amy Poehler at the Met Gala. Well, uh, not a lot of memoirs talk about what it's really like to be successful in the most glamorous industry of them all, but she's just done just that, Kate. The book is called Alterations in Life. <laughs> I like that title. I really do. And comes out on January 14th, and she's going to be here to tell us about it. So we'll get a little sneak preview of what's mm-hmm. in that book. As always, What She Said film critic Ann Brody will tell us what to watch and avoid this weekend during Saturday night at the movies. And lifestyle expert Lena Almeida will be in to share some winter skincare tips. And we're also going to chat with Andrea Dross. She's the manager of wildlife care at the Toronto Zoo. And she's going to tell us about an exciting event going on right now where you can experience the zoo at night. Mm, and Pretty stick cool. around. Yeah, very cool. And stick around because Toronto-based singer-songwriter Melanie Peterson will be closing out the show today with a special performance in our live studio session could be Christmas oriented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could be. Don't forget to follow us on social media. All of our handles are at What She Said Talk. And be sure to download our free Apple podcast so you can listen to us on the go. Thanks for tuning in. She Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So, let's get a... a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Our next guest left her corporate career to pursue a dream in fashion design. And after a lot of hard work and years in New York City without her family, Fotini Copeland built her fashion brand Fotini in 2010, which made its debut at New York Fashion Week and was even worn by Amy Poehler at the Met Gala. So thank you for joining us. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Now, not a lot of memoirs talk about what it's really like to be successful um, in what people assume and think is the most glamorous industry of them all, but you've done just that. Your book is called Alterations in Life, comes out on January 14th. So tell us why you wanted to put your story on paper. I think I wanted to tell the story in a very authentic way and also... Um, I've dedicated to women, young women, and little girls with dreams. Um, I, I actually started this 
dream when I was a little girl, but I wasn't able to pursue it until later on in life. And I think for me, it was, let me tell my journey, um, the ups and the downs um, along the way, and what perseverance uh, and focus mm -hmm. was necessary to, you know, follow that dream. But I think it's just um, dream and, you know, you can achieve and if you can see it, it'll happen. So that's why I dedicate it to them. Well, your story starts in Greece, living yes. with your grandparents while your parents immigrated to Canada. And years later, your parents decided it was time for you. So just give us a timeline. What happened? Well, I was born in Athens to a Greek mother and an Egyptian father. Um, and we immigrated when I was six months old to Montreal. Um, at that time, as immigrant parents, um, they they needed a two, it was a two, two household income and both needed to work. My sister was five years older and could go to school. Um, for me, nursery school was not you know, an option. Uh, an option. So um, at that time, who was going to look after me? Um, you know, they couldn't afford a babysitter. So then the next best thing was for me to go and live with my paternal grandparents in Athens. So for that would have been ages um, probably three and a half to six. Mm -hmm. um, I was living with my grandmother and grandfather in Athens. So when you came here, you would have been, I guess, elementary school age? When I came back? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I Straight into grade one. Did you speak English? No. Oh. Not one word. <laughs> oh, dear. And what career did you get into before this? I was in finance. Um, at 17, I had uh, stated to my parents and my father mostly, being very Mediterranean and Greek in his ways and Egyptian, um, that I wanted to pursue fashion. And for him, it was, you know, what is fashion? What are you going to do with that? Where is that going to take you? Mm -hmm. And... He said, no, you're not, in a very firm way, and you're going to study business. And much to my dismay, I mean, I did what I was told, and I followed that path. Um, that being said, it was probably the smartest path I could have possibly followed. Well, it must followed. have helped. It, I, I now uh, mentor uh, my interns and teach them that that is what you must do first. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he, my father, who is now my biggest fan, um, also. So, you know, the roles have reversed yeah. a little bit. But, uh, yes, it's it's extremely important to um, study business. But, I mean, for me, my I started working at Merrill Lynch. Then I went to uh, Royal Trusco doing corporate portfolio management and then the Molson Company. So my it was essentially a corporate role um, and then director of communications at the, my very last corporate role, which is what, got me into fashion. So now you spent three years um, traveling in Italy and studying the construction of something I love, which is corsetry. Yes. That's a pa it's your passion too? Yes, yes. Um, I sort of fell into that uh, passion because uh, I did have scoliosis as a young girl and oh. had to wear a back brace. Um, and the lower portion of the felt like a corset. Mm -hmm. um, Although it was debilitating as a young teenager, um, it stayed with me. Later on in life, of course, uh, when I decided to pursue fashion and follow my path, um, corsetry was and continues to be my passion. And I went to Italy to study uh, alongside artisans that unfortunately are slowly, you know, you're seeing a decline. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am talking about the old world artisans in Bologna, mm -hmm. uh, Bologna and Bergamo, which are real corset-based areas. Um, 
and the magic and the respect because I don't even the, these people are craftsmen and artisans. They're, they're mm-hmm. they are not seamstresses no. or pattern makers. These are they see by eye and they create. I mean, it's so just, what makes your brand different? I uh, develop my brand around women and also how I like to dress. Um, that being said, timeless silhouettes that you can pull out in 10 years and mm-hmm. still feel that you can wear. Um, I think my uh, customers were always excited um, to see the different fabrics. I re- That was my niche, was my fabrics and my silhouettes um, and corsetry, of course, um, tailoring. Those are the really, you know, most mm-hmm. the fundamentals of any collection. Um, but I think having timeless garments um, and, you know, beautiful fabrics is just mm-hmm. fabulous. So um, from Fashion Week, catwalks, trunk shows to laugh out loud scenes featuring Amy Poehler and Betsy Johnson, Alterations in Life, your book has it all. What do you hope that people take away from reading it? I hope that they take away um, that dreams are possible at any stage of life. Um, Mm -hmm. I pursued this uh, dream from, you know, from a little girl. I pursued it later on in life after I finished my corporate career. I'd had two children by then, two daughters, um, and I didn't have babies to focus on Mm -hmm. so much anymore. So therefore... um, it's possible at any stage of life, and I think today, you know, sometimes we get pigeonholed into an area where you can't do this because you're at a certain stage of life or, you know, it's not possible. And, I mean, I certainly tackled it with no shortcuts, um, you know, all in, blood, sweat, and tears in the garment district of one of the toughest cities in yeah. the world. Um, but I think what I want them to take away is a an interesting journey, have a few laughs, but understand that the there are the highs and the lows. Now, for anyone in your position or anyone who reads the book and maybe is going through the same <clears throat> thing, questioning whether they're in the right stream, there must have been an aha moment where you said, that's it, I'm leaving this and I'm starting that. Or was it a long process? It was a long process, but... Because I had a family, um, that little dream was almost compartmentalized, and it mm-hmm. was just not time. Um, later on, um, at my last corporate role, I was a director of communications, and we provided store fixturing for luxury uh, brands. And starting to work in that world, um, I thought to myself, you know, I'm, I have to, I have to pursue this. this now is or entire. never. Yeah, it's now or never exactly, and uh, it was. So how were you able to channel confidence within yourself while you were navigating the, I would think, highly intimidating New York fashion scene? Um, I think discipline and mm-hmm. focus, um, you know, is really perseverance. Um, I am an ambitious person, so I wasn't going to give up. And, you know, to your point, it was now or never. So I'm not about to let it stop me. You know, the fear, which by the way, <laughs> was with me throughout the whole process. Um, but you you have to make a choice. Yeah, you do. So um, you also work as a personal brand enhancement consultant, yes. I understand. So have you got um, a couple of quick tips or tricks you, you can share to feel and be empowered as a female entrepreneur? Um, yes, I think, again, the discipline and the focus. Mm-hmm. There are no short, shortcuts. It requires a lot of hard work and dedication. 
Um, this is an extension of the fashion business, the personal brand enhancement, um, and I focus on style strategy as well mm -hmm. um, and empowering women through their visual representation and mm -hmm. demeanor through lifestyle. Um, and, you know, we only get one chance to make a first impression and, you know, how we want to continue to build great impressions and subsequent impressions and achieve our goals. Mm. So what now? <laughs> now the focus is um, primarily on this personal brand enhancement business um, where I will be doing certain speaking tours and fireside chats and also um, be working, you know, with, with customers on one-on-one -on -one basis sh should they choose to. Um, and uh, yes, great. very well, exciting. Al Alterations in Life, it comes out on January 14th. Where can people go to pre-order it? Uh, Amazon.ca. Okay, uh, great. Yes, you can put in alterations in life or my name and it'll come up. Beautiful book. Yeah. Thank Fot you. Fotini Copeland, thank you very much for joining us. Thank today. you for having me. It's been a pleasure. What she said. What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code WHATSHESAID. Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it, you'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch, Sundays at Draco. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. According to Hunger Count 2019, that's an annual report released by Food Banks Canada, the rate of food bank use has hit a record high among single people. So joining us now to discuss this is Kirsten Beardsley. She is the Chief Network Services Officer for Food Banks Canada. So welcome to what she welcome. said. Thanks for having me. Single people, single person households now account for nearly half of all food bank users. That's 48%, up considerably from 38% back in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, can you explain exactly what classifies a single person household? Exactly. Yes. So these are single adults living alone without dependents. Mm -hmm. And really, this is a story about the vulnerability that these people have to um, low social assistance rates, the rising costs of housing and other essentials like uh, food, and the precarious nature of work. So when you're living alone, and you don't have two incomes, you're particularly vulnerable for, to things like a raised a, a raise in your rent. Mm -hmm. Or if you lose your job, there isn't another income to tide you 
you over when when you're going through tough economic times. Okay, so but this is a big change from mm-hmm. the face of hunger that we've seen over just the past decade. Mm-hmm. Why now? Well, what we're seeing is that there have been some positive uh, government policies that support families that are living with poverty and low income. So the Canada Child Benefit is one example where we're seeing this, the trend of children using food banks going down slightly, which is the good news that in this year's news, report. Right. Um, I think we can all agree that we don't want to see no. kids and, and families relying on food banks. But what we're seeing is that the policies that are being enacted aren't focusing on single adults. And so they're becoming increasingly vulnerable to tough economic times, to raising costs. We can see that um, people uh, with low incomes are spending 60, 70, 80, sometimes 90 percent of their incomes on housing. And so they're unable to afford other basics. So we're just seeing the affordability um, for people go down. You know, within that group of singles are people with um, who are particularly vulnerable. So we're looking at increases in people who have disabilities Mm -hmm. and seniors. So we're really concerned about some of the trends within that singles number that show that people are particularly vulnerable. Okay, but I thought like the rate of increase of food bank use among seniors um, for the last three years, that's been outpacing any, anyone else. Yes. So um, adults over 65 is out is the fastest growing um, demographic wow. of food bank use. And again, we're very concerned about that. In general, Canada has had a good social safety net for seniors, but we're seeing, and so, so they're underrepresented in terms of the proportion of the population, but they're still over, they're still growing fast, which is a huge concern. And again, it's it's the affordability when you've when you're paying market rents and when your food is going up and you're living on a fixed income, your income isn't keeping pace with the and with the cost. I imagine that there's got to be a huge psychological barrier to this too for people who, for the first time, are finding themselves in need. Absolutely. Abusing the food bank. And these are people who are not working. They're retired. They've right. worked in, and often are contributor, contributors to the food bank. You know, they were the people who were buying right. the groceries and putting it in the bins. Now they're in their, you know, golden years. They should be enjoying their retirements. And instead, they're finding they're vulnerable and having to turn to the food bank. And it is it is a, a hard thing to have to confront right. um, at any age. So, yes, right. it's very challenging. So- So where in the country are people most at risk of food insecurity? So I, to be clear, there isn't a single community or region of this country where people aren't at risk of becoming food insecure. Hunger lives in all of our communities. Um, Overall, there were 1.1 million visits per month to food banks across this country. Um, What you can do is go to foodbankscanada.ca. We've produced a map that looks at all of the different regions in the country and some of the um, indicators that would see what, what makes people vulnerable to um, hunger to poverty in your communities. It looks at things like uh, child poverty rates, um, the amount people are spending um, according to their income on their rent, mm-hmm. and you can see what that profile looks like in your communities. So what what brings people to the food bank can be different. It can be um, you know changes in um, in jobs, the job losses, industry changes. It can be you know child um, rates of child poverty, and you can look at that on that map, but it is a problem across the country from coast to coast to coast. Well, sorry, I'm just thinking with the holidays coming up, you'll have, now will be the time that it'll be top of mind for most people. And so when they want, if they want to donate or make 
the biggest impact? What's the best way to do that right now? Yeah, so absolutely. This is the time of year where we're, we're gathering with family and we're having sure. our, you know, our holiday meals. And, and it's always wonderful to think of others who, who might be going without. So um, what you can do is we encourage all Canadians to learn about the issue. I think it's in a lot of ways hard for us to comprehend 1.1 million visits to food banks a month. So if you go to foodbankscanada.ca and read the Hunger Count report, learn about the, the issue of hunger in Canada. Obviously, always um, there are food banks in every community across the country. So turn to your local food bank. They are always in need of food. They are always in need of funds and time if mm-hmm. you've got time to volunteer. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the federal government's poverty reduction strategy because mm-hmm. it, it currently, as you mentioned, includes things like the Canada Child Benefit to help alleviate some of the financial pressure. But now you, your group is advocating for new policies such as the Basic Income Income Pilot Project and Affordable Child Care. But, but even if they go through, will they be enough? Well, we're always looking at what can be done for what the cohort that we're looking at now. Mm-hmm. Um, the What we're seeing with the Canada Child Benefit is that the use of food bank, as I said, the use of food banks among children is going down. The trend is heading in the right direction. It's, it's going down slowly, but we're seeing it as a positive step. Now what what remains. We know that raising a family in Canada is costly and childcare is one of the biggest costs. So we're saying the next step now is to implement affordable childcare across the country so that families are in a position to afford um, the, their, and make ends meet and afford day-to-day living. So mm-hmm. that's a, a critical piece. The basic income pilot is because we're seeing social assistance rates have stagnated. Um, people aren't able to afford uh, to pay rent and to mm-hmm. eat on their social assistance rates. So let's build a made in Canada solution around a basic income. And we think the federal government is in a position to pilot ideas across the country so that we can find an idea that works for us. And rent geared to income. And rent geared to income. So the the federal government did implement the Canada Mm -hmm. housing benefit, but it it is a long term. It's not being implemented immediately. And we're seeing people coming to the food bank today that need that benefit right now um, because they're spending far too much of their income on on housing. So we're, we're looking at positive changes that that will have a real impact on people. Now, you said at, at the beginning when we started talking that the child the use, children's rates had gone down, but I thought in this report it did focus. It's still vastly overrepresented. Absolutely. So I think it's heartbreaking. I'm a mom. I think it's heartbreaking for all of us to think that kids represent about 20% of the Canadian population, but they're 34% of food bank users. And so... I think that speaks to the cost of raising a family and how um, how challenging it is to mm-hmm. to raise a family in Canada, which is why we're advocating for the child care affordable child care piece. Now, um, I've done work with with um, you know with food banks, Daily Bread Food Bank in, in particular, mm-hmm. and as I understand it, it, it's probably better all around for people to actually donate money because you you they, they food banks get better deals on buying food right. in bulk. Right. Absolutely. And, and food banks across the country are very grateful for the continued support mm-hmm. um, of the communities. So food funds and volunteer time obviously are all much appreciated. Food banks do um, appreciate funds because they want to offer an array of uh, healthy and nutritious foods to their clients and often can purchase, um, at, as you said, at a bulk rate mm-hmm. and be able to purchase the foods that they see as in demand with their clients. So things like meat and milk um, and 
dairy that maybe are harder to donate from the public. And I find that the bags that actually that a lot of the grocery stores put together, you know, that they sit at the end of the grocery uh, aisle are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And during the holidays, I mean, I just use my points. Oh, so if I have air miles wonderful. or PC Optimum points or whatever, I use my points to just purchase those bags and then drop them at, on the way out. And Absolutely. so it's, you know, it's it's not hurting my budget, you know, but it's an easy way to use my points to help somebody else. And you know that that package is has, you know, nutritious food in it. So Exactly. And right. those are the curated um, as the highest needs items. Right. So that's mm-hmm. great. That's a yep. lovely uh, suggestion. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. that. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Okay. So now you, you've said, um, you, you've told us about the website, but say it again for those that either want to go on and learn more about this or maybe help you guys out yeah, with a little so donation. If you go to uh, foodbankscanada.ca and, and look at the Hunger Count report, you can see all of the 2019 data around food bank use in Canada. Kirsten Beardsley, thank you very much uh, for doing what you do and you. for joining us today to tell us about thank it. Thank you so much for having me. What She Said. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is our film critic, Ann Brody, because, of course, who else would it be? And, <laughs> Ann, you just got back from L.A., so tell us how that went. Well, it was it was a very quick trip, uh, but it was basically to go to a, a celebration of Eddie Murphy for the Critics' Choice mm-hmm. Black History Film mm-hmm. Awards. And uh, that was great. He's so shy and reserved on stage. He's not what he is on screen at all. And he was the same. His speech lasted about uh, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was bagged, of course. So I, I went home about 10 o'clock their time. And then I heard the next day that the people, the stragglers, went on to Musso and Frank restaurant mm-hmm. to join John Travolta, Leonardo DiCaprio, Quentin Tarantino, and Eddie. You should have had a Red Bull or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Mm. Yeah, that's a bummer. Mm, a bummer, yeah. A bummer. <laughs> but I got some sleep. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk to the movie uh, about the movies. And you are loving Peter Strickland's oh, nightmarish good. comedy about a killer dress. Killer dress. A killer I, it dress. It sounds so insane, and it the does. film is insane. But it's so beautifully done; it feels so real. Um, Marianne Jean-Baptiste is going on a blind date. Uh, she goes to the, one of these very fancy department stores in London, and the women are dressed. The saleswomen are dressed in Victorian morning dress, mm-hmm. and they've got the high bouffant hair hairstyles, and the men are in the coats. Um, but it's modern day, so it's very strange, and they they speak in a very strange way. Mm-hmm. So that's your first clue. She finds a red silk dress, takes it home, develops a rash, then she starts having what she calls sleeping dreams, bad sleeping dreams, and. Um, 
a dog attacks her, tears the dress up. Uh, she goes to bed that night, and the dress shows up complete in front of her, and da-da-da-da, you know what happens. And then there are two more stories following. So mm-hmm. it's an anthology of what this dress is capable of. <laughs> and Peter Strickland is so amazing. He's the one who did the Duke of Burgundy. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this is top-notch art. This is really good. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. A cut above. Remember the Mustang that uh, that was attacking Christine, I think her name was. Um, Remember the way back when? Oh, oh yes. Yeah, yeah. That's that movie, right. That, <laughs> <laughs> it's a cult movie, really. But <laughs> <laughs> This may well be, but every, everybody likes it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so what about Antigone? Antigone. 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 But oh, I must where, say, it's... Sh- no, but listen. Uh, listen to this. It's set say. in Montreal, and okay. they call her Antigone. Antigone. Yeah, in Montreal. So because weird. She yes. where is she from? She's from Armenia. So okay. she and her family, her grandmother and siblings, have come over to Montreal because her parents were murdered okay. in a political beef. Um, her brothers get in trouble. They wind up in jail. She decides that the, the one of the brothers is wrongfully accused. She goes in. They look mm-hmm. alike. She takes clothes. They switch clothes. He leaves, and she decides to serve the prison term. Well, she's caught eventually, and uh, it's about injustice, immigration, minorities, police brutality, all of that stuff. So she becomes a viral sensation. Um, And it's basically a psychological study of this incredible girl, this 17-year-old who takes so much on. It's very good. And it's Canada's um, Oscar entry to Best International Film, which used to be called Foreign Language. It's interesting because... That they picked that name because Antigone or well, Antigone. That's, that's yes, she in Greek mythology was Oedipus's daughter. That's right. Well, yeah, there is no father, but it was about the. She's now the head of the family, right? Which is part of the but myth. Now it's been Frankif- Frankified. 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 <laughs> the name has been Frankified. Yeah, I guess. Now, okay. Yeah, is, I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, this is a little more local. Codate. Well, oh, the, Codate. The, the actors are. Yeah. Stephen and Robbie Amell are from Toronto. They're cousins, but they really look alike. So they did a short film a few years ago about um, dystopian, you know, future, Mm -hmm. as usual, in Toronto, known as Lincolnville. And they all have special powers, but the people with special powers are marginalized by society and enslaved. And they keep them docile by feeding them psych, which is a a psychedelic drug uh, obtained from spinal fluid. Uh, <laughs> okay. So there's a whole lot of fighting, whole lot of whole lot of drug taking, uh, you know, special effects and more fighting and more fighting, and then a little fighting. Drugs and fighting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> In Toronto, how could that be? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you know, it's for, it's for the fans, um, and uh, we'll have an interview with Robbie up on the site. Awesome. Now, um, I'm a big Marvelous Mrs. Maisel fan, and it's it's out. Season three. Right. And (laughs) knocking over the microphone. Okay, she's so excited. This is a real bright spot in in the week's lineup. Rachel Brosnahan is so amazing. And in the first episode, should I tell you? Okay. Yes, I will. (laughs) She she heads out for a USO tour with her manager, and they... Attitudes are, are pretty interesting compared to the military. So there's a lot of headbutting, and the agent is drinking and gambling with the soldiers, and and she's up there on the doing the big finale number, White Christmas. She doesn't know the words. <laughs> it's so funny. And then oddly enough, her her father makes friends with Lenny Bruce, 
So there's a bit of historical stuff in there. Cool. It's now, such a good series. Um, now, what is A Year in Film? That's a, a brand new original series from Hollywood Suite. It's airing weekly all through December, uh, starting uh, this week. And it's on free preview and on Amazon and a few other places. So a bunch of us critics in Toronto got together to talk about several film, several years in film. And in this series, we cover 1978, 1983, 1992, and 2007, which was an insanely good year. Okay. So That's tune awesome. in, watch it. Yes, ma'am. And we have to leave it there, unfortunately, but you can always find more movie and TV reviews up now on whatshesaidtalk.com. Thanks, Anne. Thank you. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com. Joining us now is lifestyle expert Lena Almeida, and this week we are talking about skincare myths, and I hope we're talking about my favorite brand. We are talking uh, about, I love making your day. Oh, yes. I love this. <laughs> Today I'm actually here to bust three myths about skincare, um, and of course introduce you to a product that I've been using for two years with great results, and I know you're already a fan of the brand, so I can't yes. wait to chat about that. But first, the first myth. Quality skincare costs a lot of money. Of course, this is false. We know that it's all about finding the right formula for your skin. And sometimes even the most exotic ingredients simply aren't compatible with your skin type or deliver the results that you're hoping for. So we really need to get back to basics. And that is, what is your skin type? How do you want your skin to look and how do you want your skin to feel? And it doesn't necessarily mean that the most expensive is going to be the best for you. Just. And for me, if the choice is between a nouveau, trendy department store brand or a brand that has been on the drugstore shelf for years and continues to be stocked for good reason, yes, then exactly. I'm more likely to you know, exactly. stick with the tried exactly. and true favorites. I agree. So myth number two, it takes a long time to see results false. In fact, with today's uh, advanced formulas and products jam-packed with ingredients that are targeted to your skin woes, chances are you should actually see a positive effect in as little to one to two weeks with the full results in a month or two. So, mm -hmm. I mean, and I think that's great because it gives you the confidence to try new products to find the right ones for you. So if you are purchasing from a mass retailer or drugstore, you know, it won't break the bank to try a few products to see what's right for your skin type and settle on one you love. And if you are trying an elite brand, don't feel bad to ask for a sample. So they mostly have samples on hand, whether it's, you know, a gift with purchase or they're happy to put it in a special, you know, new container for you. So ask for a sample. And then myth number three, you can use the same cream day and night. And now this is absolutely false because first and foremost, um, for your daily moisturizer, it should include SPF protection, right. at least 15, but preferably SPF 30. And I have here Aveeno Absolutely Ageless Daily Moisturizer SPF 30 for you to take a oh, look at. Oh, that's, that's... And that, that's actually for you. I, wanted, oh, I want you to try that out. that's amazing. I am going to try that yeah, out. Yeah, I tell use you it every day. Next time I... Yeah. And the thing, too, is people don't understand. When you're out in the winter and you've got the drying cold and wind and everything else, it's a different moisturizer than when you're at home in bed sleeping. 
Absolutely. And especially for your moisturizer during the day, the last thing you want to do is be battling shine or having your makeup migrate all over your face because it's, exactly. it's too heavy. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. definitely need that day and night cream. And let's talk about the night cream that I've been using now for two years and I'm just obsessed with. And that is... And your skin shows it. Oh, thank you. And that is the Aveeno Absolutely Ageless Restorative Night Cream. So a rich restorative night cream is key for ensuring your skin looks and feels it's best. And we know that the Ovino brand is known for harnessing the power. Here, I'll just pass that over to you to take a look at. Restorative night cream. Yes. Oh. So we know that they use the power of active naturals ingredients. And in the absolutely ageless restorative night cream, they actually have a blackberry complex. And that combines blackberry leaf extract and dill to help improve the appearance of lines, wrinkles, and other signs of aging. And there at this, you go. Yep. I, this is a very familiar sight for me because it's, yeah, it's, it's literally been on it's my bathroom. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and at the same time, the moisturizers help nourish the skin to help it looking and feeling excellent, healthy over time. So skin treated with products containing blackberry leaf and dill extracts have also been shown to improve elasticity. And the great news, you'll see the results of younger, healthier looking skin in just one week. So... Absolutely Ageless Restorative Night Cream is dermatologist-tested and hypoallergenic. Hypoallergenic. That's Key. important. Yep, Key. definitely. And it is gentle enough for everyday use. You can find it nationwide at Food, Drug, and Mass Merchandisers. And, of course, for more information, you can go to avino.ca. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really want you to let me know what you think of the products. Well, I'm going to let you see. Oh, thank you. Okay. I love it. <laughs> What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a... a Meridian 5-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to vistaoneinc.com, like I did. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. It's hard to believe that the Toronto Zoo first opened its doors 45 years ago in August of 1974. And today, there are more than 5,000 animals representing more than 450 species. Joining us now is Andrea Dross. She's the manager of wildlife care. Boy, Alex, we thought we had a cool job. 
right? <laughs> Welcome to what she said. Oh, thank you very much. This is a job I, th- I have so much respect for. You began your career in nutritional research at, Toron- at the Toronto Zoo in 1991 while going to the University of Guelph for zoology. And a fun fact, you were hired into this role because of how fast you could type. So tell us what made you want to go into zoology. Yes, that's um, absolutely true. I was a fast typer back in my university days, um, and uh, I was hired in the nutritional area to do data entry. Um, but fortunately for me, um, I was so fast at typing that I got all the got through all the data basically within a month of my four month contract. Oh. So that allowed a little bit of room for me to do other interesting things, which included nutritional studies with uh, green water dragons, which are really neat little lizards. So since then, you've worked in various areas of the zoo, getting an array of experience, working with many diverse collections. You probably have so many stories. What has been a highlight for you? I have too many highlights to give you one. I don't know. Um, I've been a keeper, working with naked mole rats, for example. They're, and they're such a fascinating animal. They're an animal that has a social structure, like a honey beehive with yes. a queen a I queen didn't know mole this. rat, worker mole rats, and soldiers. Um, I've also been an animal shipper, moving everything from tiny little tadpoles, Puerto Rican crested toad tadpoles, back to Puerto Rico for release, um, but also moved seven rhinos in my time. And each of those seven rhino transfers were an amazing highlight. Yeah, but people don't understand how complicated this is. No, yeah, the shipping of animals, especially across international borders, yeah, that can be extremely complicated, yeah. You took a brief hiatus at one point where you identified Indonesian wasps by the veins in their wings. And another fun fact... Uh, This is where you realized you weren't meant to follow a career working exclusively with microscopes. So what's your favorite part about this job? Yeah, no, I was fortunate enough to get a six-month contract working for the Royal Ontario Museum, looking through a microscope day in, day out, and I quickly, uh, quickly saw that that was not the job for me. Um, So one of the best parts about the many jobs that I've held at the Toronto Zoo is how physical the job is. You're up and on site quite a bit with animals, with with so many people. Um, But in addition to that, there's no two days that are ever the same when you're working at the Toronto Zoo. You're working with live animals, so you're, you're working with what you're presented with that day. Now, you also oversaw the breeding and care of the Black Footed Ferret Recovery Program, this included raising healthy kits to send to boot camp for eventual release back into the wild. Yeah. This sounds really cool. Tell people about that. Uh, the, that program is special to my heart. Um, black-footed ferrets were declared extinct back in the 80s. We, we thought that they were gone from the earth. And Where do they normally live? Um, North America. Okay. So, okay. Um, they were in Canada at one mm-hmm. point. They were in the States. They, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife accidentally found... Um, black-footed ferrets that they thought were extinct, and they removed those last animals from the wild to start a captive breeding program with, at the time, six different zoos. Um, And so, yeah, for five years, I was lucky enough to to have babies on the ground every year, and some of those babies stayed in the in the captive breeding mm-hmm. program, some of them went to um, to boot camp where um, they get used to being in the wild, but in a safe and closed environment. So they're sort of reintroduced? Very slowly and carefully, yeah. Are black-footed ferrets farther away from extinction now? 
Absolutely, they are. Um, yeah, going from essentially what was yeah. zero to um, hundreds in the wild now, and certainly hundreds kept back in the captive breeding population. It's uh, the Blackfooted Ferret Recovery Program is one of the most successful, uh, successful breeding programs within accredited zoos. What is the Species Survival Plan Program? I mean, I, I think it's one of the most important reasons, um, from what I understand, um, for the re- relocation of animals. Yeah, it's, it's a program that was started by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums to help ensure the survival of species in zoos and aquariums. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, its main mandate uh, is to also support the recovery in the wild. So just like the black-footed ferrets, um, not... Not all zoos, accredited accredited zoos, necessarily exhibit the animals like the black-footed ferret, but they do have breeding populations in the back to help with the uh, recovery of the species. But, um, yeah, the SSP programs basically um, have accredited zoos working cooperatively together and and moving animals around from different zoos based on uh, their genetic diversity. The zoo is open 364 days of the year. The only day it's closed is Christmas Day. Let's talk about what's coming up. After nightfall at the Toronto Zoo this winter, everyone is invited to Terra Lumina. Now, it's an immersive experience that takes place along a one and a half kilometer walking path that travels into the year 2099 and back, a time when humans and nature have learned to live in harmony. So, Tell us more about that. No more poachers? No, I'm so excited about this program. And partly because my in my animal shipping days, I had lots of reasons to be at the zoo after hours. Right. And the Toronto Zoo in the dark is different than Toronto Zoo in the light. It, I'm really excited about this, this Lumina experience. It, it is indeed an experience that incorporates vibrant lighting, um, multimedia effects, breathtaking video projections, and an original score that is simply enchanting. And its message, just like what you said, is is a thriving future for our planet. Um, and it, it's not just simply um, like a holiday lights show of sorts. So this is an experience that you just won't be able to find anywhere else in southern Ontario. Um But my words cannot do it justice. Uh, I really recommend that everybody check out the Toronto Zoo website, look at the Lumina page, and see a more uh, visual representation of what I've just said. Let me ask you, are you optimistic about the future for animals on this planet? Animals, birds, and fish. I'm, I'm including everybody. I am. I am because because of people just like you and just like me. Um, there's so many really good people that have animals and and life on this planet as um, it, it's just so important. And people are so passionate about doing good, doing better than what we have been doing. So I personally am quite optimistic about it. Yes. And one thing that I don't think many people realize, uh, I mean, I've had people say to me, oh, zoos, I'm, I'm not in favor of zoos because, you know, the animals are locked up. What they don't realize is that that's just the front. That isn't what's important. What's really important is what happens behind the scenes. All these programs to save animals, breeding programs, all zoos. I mean, this 
this is a model that has changed significantly in the past hundred years. It has, and we're even continuing to try and change that. We don't want to be hidden anymore. So programs like we have what's called a head-starting program for our blanding turtles, where we grow them up for the first couple of years in captivity. But instead of doing that behind the scenes, we now have an exhibit on site that shows you these animals that are are growing bigger so that by the time we do release them they're they're going they're going to be big enough that their survivalship will increase substantially well uh, where can people go to get more information about the zoo's events and programming calendar and and some of these things that we've talked about at torontozoo.com. Um, torontozoo.com the, yeah, and go to town. Go to the website. There's an events calendar that's yeah. super easy to use. You just look at the day that you're interested in visiting the zoo to see if, if what's going on that day. Or if you want to look specifically at, at events that are happening, we have so many events happening all the time. Our brew at the zoo or um, multiple animal awareness days. Right now, even, we have a traveling historic exhibit called The Great War in Color, which is at the zoo until uh, Remembrance Day. Um, We're so proud to be hosting this collection of colorized photos, as the photos truly have the power to transport us to a time that was so poignant that we must remember. Yeah. So. Well, Andrea fascinating stuff all of this and really touches my heart as you know but thank you so much for joining us today and it's i hope everyone gets to go to the zoo and and uh, see what's really going on there oh very good it's been a pleasure for me thank you what she said, what she said with christine bentley and kate wheeler will be right back still being picked on for being picky perfect Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Have you met my friend Alfred? He's revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You know, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services is here to help. Wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your items with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code what she said. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. No twinkling lights for friends to see. Still find it hard. He had to leave. Listening to is Christmas Breaks My Heart, the new single by Toronto-based singer-songwriter Melanie Peterson, who joins us now in studio. Welcome back to the show, Melanie. Thank you. It's an honor to be invited back. Uh, 
Well, I understand you wrote this during the summer. <laughs> yes, I did. Now, was it a challenge getting into the Christmas spirit when it was like 35 degrees outside? Yeah, I kind of wanted to go out and walk down to the beach, but instead I just put on Christmas tunes and got myself in the mood that way. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind this? Uh, my girlfriend had a bad breakup with someone she really, really loved, and she was about to face Chris- the first Christmas alone, uh, and we were talking about that, and I just thought... I'd love to write a song for those people because there's people out there who are facing Christmas with a broken heart. I've been there. Yeah? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. My daughter just broke up with her boyfriend because she didn't feel that it was fair to carry it through Christmas for that yes, reason. exactly. And I think that was similar reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So you've been busy touring the West and the West and East Coast. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you were part of the Via Rail Artists on Board program, which I mm-hmm. think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Was that fun? Oh my God! It's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun to play in the, the little um, mm-hmm. cars there where they have entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's and you get to travel for free, mm-hmm. and they feed you. <laughs> That's a pretty good deal. And, you yeah. see, and you're seeing the country. You sing for yeah. your supper. Literally. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> And you're getting ready to record your third album now? Yes, I am. So tell us a bit about that. Well, it's going to be a different process than usual. I'm recording six songs and releasing them this spring. Mm-hmm. Next year, I'll record six more and then release them the following spring and then release the whole thing on vinyl. So I'm going to try to create momentum through releasing it separately. You have a strategy. A I have plan. a strategy. A plan. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So um, what what kind of music is it? Is Tell people exactly what they'll be hearing. folk music, folk pop. We're leaning a little towards pop, but with the folk roots. Folk pop. Cool. Yeah. Um, Now, also, we should tell people how to connect with you online and download the new single. Okay. You can download the new single on all digital platforms like iTunes, and Mm -hmm. you could hear it on Spotify if you just want to stream it. Mm -hmm. You could go to Bandcamp if you want to download it there. And then you can also um, follow me at Miss Water Melanie on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. It's spelled M E L O N I, as opposed to Water Melanie. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got it. So that's great. Well, we're we're about to hear you sing. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And that's it for what she said this weekend. We will be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Singing us out now in our live studio sessions, here's Melanie Peterson performing Christmas Breaks My Heart. It's a tiny little twig of a tree Not one gift underneath No twinkling lights for friends to see still find it hard he had to leave and I know it's right to say have a happy holiday but deep inside I'm torn apart to start Cause Christmas breaks my heart I've half a mind To pack up my clothes Jump in the car And just go Somewhere warm 
they don't know about kissing me the mistletoe and I know it's right to say have a happy holiday deep inside I'm torn apart and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four Kids Flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.